Your entire life you've been told to save. But has anyone helped you figure out how to spend? With Fidelity Income Planning, get help creating a personalized plan for cash flow, even when you're not working. One that includes your 401k and all your other accounts. Make informed decisions that best fit your life ahead, whether one-on-one or through our planning tools. Learn more at fidelity.com slash income planning. Advisory services provided by Fidelity Personal and Workplace Advisors, LLC for a fee. Brokerage services by Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. Hey guys, I am here with Matt. Hey everybody. And we also have a little one, if you hear some little baby coos. Do you want your passy? <laughs> um, he's here with us. If you follow us on social media, you may have seen that we recently became parents to a sweet little boy, Noah, which is so crazy to think. Are you still like in disbelief about this? It's so awesome. Yeah, it's just so crazy. Like when you've waited and prayed and hoped for something for so long and then you find yourself in the season that you've hoped for, it's like kind of surreal or like it even kind of feels like you're still catching your breath. It's like, anyway, is this really happening? Yeah. It's like I, sometimes I just look at him and I'm like, are you real? <laughs> but, um, you know, we wanted to take some time to first process and soak up the first couple months as a family before sharing the whole story that led us here. And we also really wanted to be, you know, thoughtful and discerning and intentional about how we went about sharing this story, how much we shared, you know, when we shared it. Um, you know, I think it can be really easy to overshare or, you know, put it all out there from the beginning. And we really walked through the last couple of years more privately through this journey. We didn't share live play-by-play updates. We just kind of felt like God drew us inward in a way. Um, and really, at least for me personally, challenged me to allow what is sacred to be sacred. And not, that doesn't mean keep things secretive, but it also means to be okay with preparing, you know, in a quiet place and walking the journey with your inner circle and with your spouse and with God and not necessarily, you know, putting it all out there for the world to see. At the same time though, you know, there's a beautiful story to share and we believe God is glorified in that story. So I think there's, um, you know, it's worth sharing, but we also wanted to take our time so that we could be thoughtful about how we did that. And so that's kind of why it's a couple months later. <laughs> um, it really allowed us to be present and soak up, you know, the time that we had as a family to really kind of learn our baby, to learn each other as parents, to um, adjust, to process, you know, all of that, as well as to kind of discern what will we share, how will we share all of that? Because there's really no roadmap. And I'm sure we're not doing this perfectly. I don't know that there's a right or wrong way to go about it. Um, but just for us personally, we wanted to take our time so we could be really thoughtful about the way we share this story. But we also know that we shocked the world, you know, with a baby announcement. And a lot of people are wondering, like, well, how did this happen? Like, what? <laughs> you know? Um, and so while we don't necessarily think we, like, owe an explanation, we also really believe that God is glorified in this story. We believe it'll be encouraging to you. And so you know, although we wanted to take our time in how we would share it and all of that and be thoughtful about it, we do want to share it because there is so much just beauty in it. And the Lord has really humbled us and blown us away in more ways than one. And we just, we pray that you be encouraged in the process as we share this story. Um, and there's a lot of questions and some of those will be answered and some of them may not be. Um, but we just pray ultimately that God be glorified in our life and our family and the story that we share and that you be encouraged as you listen. So we're going to jump right into it. You ready? Yep. Oh, and by the way, you're going to want to listen all the way to the end. We have a little surprise at the end of the episode. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Okay, so let's just start here. I know everyone's wondering, like, how did this happen? Yeah, so long story short is we adopted. Mm -hmm. Which has honestly been the coolest thing. Yeah. The sweetest experience ever. And we want to share a little bit about that. But I think before we get into, like, how that all unfolded... I think we should share a little bit of our heart for adoption, just kind of 
the the story behind like why we even chose to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think a lot of times like the the assumption is like, oh, well, you guys couldn't have kids, so just adopt. Mm-hmm. You we, know? we were told that so many times. Like <laughs> yeah. after and one of our like, losses, it was like, okay, thanks. Yeah, uh, and they act like I think when people say that they mean well, but it's also like it's said in such a way as if you just like go get a baby off a shelf, like it's that simple. Right. And it's like that's that's not how. One, I think I wanted to make sure our hearts were in a place that it wasn't just like. Oh, well, backup plan, you know, and there's nothing wrong with choosing to adopt if you're not able to have children. But I think I just wanted to make sure we weren't doing it for only for that reason, I guess, personally. Like I just I Well, like we we were like even back when we were dating, like mm-hmm. we both had like a heart for adoption. Mm-hmm. Like I literally remember asking you when mm-hmm. we were engaged, like, hey, just yeah. to be sure, like, would you be open to adopting someday? And you were like, Yes. And I was like, Okay, then we can proceed and get married. Like, yeah, it was, it was like never like a like, oh no, I don't want to adopt. Yeah. Like I I just hadn't really thought of it. I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. I think it's something that we were always open to and we always kind of pictured as being part of our family plan. But I think the part we didn't know at the time, you know, when we were young and engaged and had no idea what our family building journey would look like, we just didn't know what the timing of that would be. We didn't know if that would be the first thing we did, the last thing we did somewhere in the middle of having kids, but we just knew that in some way or shape or form, it would be a part of our family journey. But I think that really came more to like, it became more poignant and something that we really started to consider a lot more, not only through loss, like definitely loss, like kind of made us, you know, talk about it more, but what really made us talk about it more was our experience with safe families. Do Mm -hmm. you want to share a little bit of that? Yeah. So for those of you who don't know what safe families is, it's an organization in several states. They're not completely nationwide. No, but they're in a lot of states. Yeah. They're in quite a few states. And essentially what that boils down to is in layman's terms, it's like short-term foster care. Mm -hmm. So you get a notification and it says, Hey, like uh, there's a mom who has two kids and one's an infant and they have a doctor appointment and she needs somebody to watch, mm-hmm. you know, it can be the, as the, simple old, as the like toddler or whatever. So it could her. be like an overnight, it could yeah. be like a, you know, four hour stay or mm-hmm. it could be a four day or four weeks stay. Yeah. Four it, weeks. Stay. Like you, you just don't know. It just depends on the circumstance. Yeah. And it's really just helping you know, families who don't have a lot of like support and resources. And so the biggest difference between safe families and foster care is safe families is kind of like, it's kind of designed to help prevent kids from going into foster care. Like when there is like maybe mom's water was shut off or, you know, is a single mom and not able to support her kids right now. But instead of the system, like the courts coming in and removing children and then placing them in a foster home, DCS or whatever. Yeah. yeah. The parents actually voluntarily say, Hey, I'm raising my hand and asking for help. I need a family that can take care of my kids while I get my feedback or, you know, underneath me or when I, while I get an apartment or whatever the situation may be. So, it, and there's no government assistance right. like for the foster families. Like right. you're not getting paid to do it. It's right. just like just volunteer. volunteer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. yeah. So we decided to start with something like that because we'd always had a heart for adoption, foster care, that whole concept. And we really felt, you know, the thing that I remember, the thing that really kind of inspired me, I was talking to a friend, it was actually a couple years before we started with Safe Families, but we had heard of Safe Families when we were first married. We were at church. I was like, I was 22, you were 23 maybe. And we heard about it. And I remember saying like, can we go to that informational meeting? Like, I want to do that. But then we found out you have to be at least 25 to, to volunteer. So we weren't able to, because we were like, literal infants when we got married. So, but then it came back up like a few years later at, tr- at the church we then were going to at the season that I heard about it the second time. And at that point, we think we had walked through maybe a loss or two at that point. And it seemed like I still felt really like pulled toward it, but it also felt like kind of a complicated season to welcome children into our home when we had had so much pain in that area. But anyway, I remember a friend of mine a couple years prior, she was really struggling with singleness and she was just feeling really lonely. And she said to me that she had started volunteering in a nursing home. And I asked her, like, why did you choose to do that? And she said, because I'm struggling with loneliness. And I just felt like God really put on my heart to like serve people who were probably even more lonely than I was. And so sometimes like serving in the area of your pain is like redemptive and healing in a way. And also just a way God can really like use what you've walked through to bless others. And so I was really inspired by that. And so that was kind of how we started, like when Safe Families came back up through church again, and we were of age to to volunteer. Um, We talked about it. We just decided like, yeah, let's apply and kind of see how it goes. Anyway, flash forward, we got started with that program, hosted several different children in our home. And in 2021, we actually had a sibling pair in our home for a longer hosting. They were with us for a longer period of time. And, you know, what was interesting was for a little bit there, you know, we were asked if we'd be interested in adopting them. That came up a couple of times and we were kind of like surprised by that. And we didn't mm-hmm. really know it ended up not necessarily working out, but we, it forced us to have the conversation of like, would we do this right now? Yeah. And you can share your thoughts on that too, from your perspective. Well, I think, you know, based off the situation, we were like, 
Absolutely. Yeah. You know, like it wasn't even a question. Mm-hmm. And I think. And I think I was surprised that you were like, yeah. Yeah. Totally. I mean, I was kind of surprised at myself, but after, you know, this, this short stay turned into a longer one. And, um, I think just seeing the needs, yeah. Seeing the need, you're just like, yeah, abs- I mean, why wouldn't we, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it was just a, it was really cool to see how God kind of like softened my heart mm-hmm. to that. Cause I didn't really want to do, I, I I mean, I was like cool with doing safe families, mm-hmm. but I wasn't like, oh my gosh, let's do safe families. Yeah, it was you definitely know? something that I felt was more. You were always open to adoption, but mm-hmm. the safe families thing, you had a hard time like wrapping your head around like these aren't my kids. Like I don't know how to do this. You know, I think, and I hear that a lot from men when it comes to foster care or safe families. Like there's definitely much more hesitancy in general. That's like a generalized statement. So obviously, that's not the case for everyone. But you were open to it, and you said, yeah. "Let's try it." And then yeah. I think that experience—would you say that kind of prompted you to be like, "Oh, like you became much more." I wouldn't even—I don't even know if I'd say open to because you're always open to, but like excited to adopt or like what would yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, say it, it just showed me like how quickly like your heart can be changed towards something, like how much you can love a child whether you birth them or not. Right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. I was like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, no question. I would take care mm-hmm. of this child. Yeah. Like, oh, for forever. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I think I think part of my hesitancy was like the constant attachment, detachment, attach, mm-hmm. detach, mm-hmm. and kind of like ripping the bandaid off. Especially mm-hmm. when we had gone through a season of, so much of, of that. loss of like, mm-hmm. oh, we're pregnant, oh, and now we're not, mm-hmm. and we're pregnant, and we're not. You mm-hmm. know, and it's never like coming to completion. Mm-hmm. And so, like for me, like I think part of the reason why I was always more open to the adoption than say families at first mm-hmm. was like, oh, well, adoptions final Mm -hmm. like there's no question where i feel like there's a little bit of hesitancy to like they're not gonna be around for that that Mm -hmm. long like you just have walls up Mm -hmm. naturally Mm -hmm. you know i don't know that that's just kind of my two cents would you say through your experience that also like oh that it it changed completely yeah 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 that's just kind of your assumption going in i think and that's fair you know i think that's what most people worry about but all of that said like you know that experience i think really kind of forces to have the conversation of like would we say yes to this right now and ultimately we both were like yeah and so then when that ended up with that specific case not working out suddenly we're on the same page of like we should start the adoption process like if we're going to be involved in this world anyway through safe families mm-hmm. like maybe we should at least get a home study or like start this process and at least open that door and i felt like and i communicated this to you and i think you felt like god gave you the same message is like i felt like what was put on our hearts was god was kind of saying what if you just open all the doors and trust me with the order of how your family is going to be built and how things are mm-hmm. going to work out yeah cuz i think we just had the assumption that oh yeah we'll you know have our bio kids and then we'll adopt yeah I think that's kind of how you view it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think we were just kind of, I think that's like the default position, like Mm -hmm. when people think about it Mm -hmm. and, you know, we got to the point to where we're, you know, like Jordan said, open hands and however he wants to make it happen, you Mm -hmm. know, we're willing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think he used our volunteer experience to kind of show us what we needed to learn about like the need and it kind of gave us insight into the foster care and adoption world in ways we wouldn't have otherwise had. But I also think it really kind of, I don't know, I just think in that season, it was like the call was be available. Would you agree? I think we can grasp so tightly to like our plans. And I think it was just like a, what if you just release your expectations and trust me? Mm -hmm. And that was kind of what we were like, okay. Yeah. Because we were expecting God to work within our framework. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, okay. Like we prayed for a kid. Mm Mm-hmm. We think that's supposed to go this yeah. way, you know, and he's why, just like, let me blow, up, this way? blow this up and right. show you what I can do. You yeah, know, let me knock these walls down. Yeah. But all that said, you know, it was scary in some ways. But like I said, I just feel like at that time he was really just asking us to open all the doors and trust him with the order and all of the ways it would play out. And also, you know, kind of around that time, I, we started learning more about adoption and foster care. We were more involved in that world. We connected with other adoptive families, other foster families. And we really learned that the that adoption is really like a picture of the gospel. You know, um, there's a verse in Galatians that says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Like we are all God's children through by adoption. Yeah. What I think is like so cool about that is a like, yeah, God, God adopted us. Mm -hmm. Like we didn't have any say in that. Like Noah didn't have any say in us adopting him. Like it was, it was just out of, out of the love that we had for him and his birth family had for him. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't say, yeah, I, I'm going to be adopted. Like I want to be adopted. Mm-hmm. Like we just chose him. And it's in the same way, like God chooses us, mm-hmm. you know, we can't take any credit for it. It's purely by his grace. It's purely by his grace. Like mm-hmm. he, he, we're infants who have no idea what's happening. Mm-hmm. 
compared like, to God. Like, how could Noah be like, oh, yeah, I was such a, I was such a great baby. That's why my parents mm-hmm. chose me. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Mm-hmm. No, it was just, it was out of love. Mm-hmm. You know, and there was no, like, he, he didn't play, mm-hmm. like, Noah didn't play a role in his mm-hmm. adoption apart from, you know, being there. Being chosen. You're right. And yeah. being chosen. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And I think that's also the beauty of adoption, too. Like, it's truly like you're it like just the picture i was actually reading a book by ann Boskamp like earlier this year it's called waymaker and she shared her story of adopting her daughter and something she pointed out that i had never really thought of before she pointed out that marriage and adoption are the two human relationships that are like an illustration of the gospel mm-hmm. And I'd always known marriage to be because when you go through premarital counseling and all those things, you're kind of like taught about how it's like a picture of the gospel that, you know, as a, as a unit, you reflect to the world. But then when I learned that like adoption is the other like human relationship that is also a picture of the gospel, I was like, how cool is that to get to have both of those in your family? Like I was just so like overwhelmed by that thought. So anyways, that was kind of, you know, as we learned those things and just kind of dug into the biblical view of it and all of that, we were just like, yeah. This is totally something that, you know, we want to treat as plan A, like, because I mean, we were a couple of years into our journey at that point, but we were still, you know, relatively young, relatively early in our journey. We just felt like, yeah, let's just open all the doors and treat both as plan A and see what God wants to do. Mm-hmm. And that has been the greatest gift. Would you agree? hundred percent. Okay. So kind of pivoting from there, I want to share a little bit of like, just kind of how the journey unfolded, if that makes sense. Like that was our heart yeah. and why we did it. But like we mentioned in the fall of 2021, we had that Safe Families hosting that really prompted us to start discussing it more seriously and then open that door earlier in our life, I think, than maybe we originally planned. And then in January of 2022, we started the home study process. Yeah, and we started it then because we, you know, we've heard so many times like how long the adoption mm-hmm. process can take. Like it can be years and years. Years and years. Like the home study process is takes what? Like six up to months? six months. Sometimes yeah. it can take longer or shorter, but it was about a five, six month process mm-hmm. for us. Um, all, all the background checks and everything you got to do. Yeah. And it's just a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but we had, you know, talked to several families who had been on the adoption journey for years. And that's kind of where we were like, well, this is probably going to take several years. So let's just like start the process so mm-hmm. that it started. You know, that was kind of how we, how we saw it. And then just figured like, we'll just keep our hands open to what God had, but we didn't expect anything to happen very quickly or even first. But at the same time, we were like, well, we'll be open to it if it does. So I think what was big for me, too, I think in a way that was really free, like to just Mm. kind of be like, well, it was just kind of like a surrender, you know, like not a compromise or a backup plan, but a just letting go of trying to force one thing or the other and just being available to however God was going to going to work. And yeah, like we said earlier, I think it can just be so easy to grasp so tightly onto your plans. But I feel like in that season, as we were walking through the home study and kind of preparing, we were just being taught like. Our job isn't to force things, it's to be available to, to what he has for us. So anyway, so then we started the home city in January of 2022, at the beginning of 2022, and then we completed it in the summer, the early summer of 2022. And around that time, we had shared what we were doing, that we were working on a home study with a friend of ours, and they were also in the adoption process. They were a little bit further in the process than we were, and they actually connected us with a uh, Christian adoption consultant called Faithful Adoption Consultants, and just kind of gave us that connection. Oh, hello. You okay? Are you dreaming? Okay. Um, but our friends connected us with the consultants they had used, it, had used, and we got to hop on a phone call with them and just hear more about their approach and just their dedication to ethical Christ-centered adoptions. And we really loved that. And so we chose to move forward with them. And that's kind of how we got the process started. But I think what was, you know, a little bit something that kind of complicated the process or just made it kind of bittersweet in some ways is right as we were kind of wrapping up the home study and getting ready to go what they call active with our agency, which I'll explain in a bit, or with our consultant, kind of the same thing. But in the spring, like late spring, early summer, we had another pregnancy loss. And we won't get into the details of all of that, you know, right now, because that's not the purpose of this episode. But long story short, I was due with the baby in January of 2023. And sadly, we lost it when we were least expecting to. And, you know, we were kind of shocked by that. And so it just kind of made for a bittersweet summer as we grieved that, but also we're like kind of starting another process and kind of waiting in hopeful anticipation of that. So it just kind of made it interesting, you know, I guess is the best yeah. way to say it. Yeah, that that was that was really tough mm-hmm. like with the timing of everything. Mm-hmm. Just because you're like, God, what? like I thought you were working this way. Like mm-hmm. I thought this was going to, you know, seem so redemptive. Like, mm-hmm. we're, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. This is the third time. Like mm-hmm. it's getting old, you know. Yeah. And I think the this summer was a lot of wrestling for us. Mm-hmm. Definitely a 
I wouldn't say not like dark, but just like a asking a lot of hard questions. Yeah, a really low season mm-hmm. and asking a lot of really tough questions mm-hmm. and kind of examining our our faith and mm-hmm. you know asking why we believe what we believe and mm-hmm. um, you know in hindsight it's it's really interesting to look back at that loss and the pain that we went through, mm-hmm. but also like and and hold that pain simultaneously with the joy and mm-hmm. like awe of the fact that Noah wouldn't be here with us right now mm-hmm. if we hadn't walked through that loss. Mm-hmm. Like so he was born I, I, in January of 2023. Right. And, and it's it just the, the question that I had like got answered, you know, mm-hmm. in a way that and if I don't know if, you know, you're out there going through this, but like, it's like, there is meaning like your pain isn't meaningless. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's working it together for good. And And I really had to struggle through. And I think there's a, you know, I personally didn't want to believe that a child had to be lost or to like pass away for another to come into our life. Like it's not like a replacement thing, Mm -hmm. but I also can see like we wouldn't have been able to say yes to his case. And he was, if, if it was, if he was meant to be in our family, like, you know, I think that was a connection point. The fact that there was a shared due date, you know, like just. What was that quote that. Yeah. So if you, if you go back and listen to the podcast episode, um, I have to, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes cause I can't remember what the title was, but it was, I interviewed a gal named Johnny and she was disabled at the age of 17 in a traumatic accident. And she shared something with me and I actually interviewed her like right after that loss. So I'm like weeping as I'm talking to her, but she said, sometimes God permits what he hates to accomplish what he loves. And mm-hmm. that I could, that I could live with. Like I, I couldn't accept like God took my child and like, you know, like I had to lose a child to gain one or whatever. But sometimes he allows what he hates, like the loss of a child Mm -hmm. to accomplish what he loves, like adoption. Mm -hmm. Which is just, and the bottom line is like, we can't comprehend God. No. Like, and if we could, then there wouldn't, like, what's so special about him compared to another human being? Mm -hmm. If he's, you know, if we could fully wrap our minds around the way he works, Mm -hmm. like God is God and we're not. Yeah. So, you know, I just wanted to encourage you know, if you're out there going through that, there is purpose in the pain and you might not see it right now, but I, I like, I'm confident that you will see it mm-hmm. eventually. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it, it may not be in the way that you expect. Yeah, totally. But anyway, kind of going back to just kind of the general journey of how it all played out. Um, once we completed the home study in the summer, we then went active with our adoption consultant, which essentially means we could begin seeing cases and we could say yes or no we could apply to be considered by, you know, birth mothers in the cases that they were coming, uh, that were coming through. And so, you know, I think because of the timing of when that all happened, it was all very close together. We didn't feel like super eager, if that makes sense. Like we were just kind of like, we'll just take our time. And if there's something that we could really connect with on a case, we'll say, yes, please show mm-hmm. us to that, to that mother. And so we didn't apply on a whole lot of cases and we actually, How many sh- we submit on? I think maybe three or four, yeah. maybe, but you want to and, explain how that process works? Yeah. The brief process is like what happens is, and this is just through, if you go through like a consultancy, right? Like a consultant or an agent versus, you know, it's different if you do like foster to adopt, like there's various different ways you can adopt. But if you go through kind of the domestic adoption process, you'll receive cases. We personally, you know, through the way we went, received the case information via email. And then you can say, yes, please show our profile book or no, please don't. And so, you know, you never know how many profile books she's seeing um, or the family's seeing, but usually at the end of the week or later the next week, you'll be told like if X, Y, Z mother, you know, made a decision or whatever. And so that was kind of how the process went. And then sometimes um, different cases like would require a personal letter written to that mother specifically about that case. And so we actually got to write a letter and, you know, share some of the connection points we, we shared the January due date being only one. And so Mm -hmm. there was just a lot of, I just felt like immediately connected to his case. I don't know if you did, but I just read it and I immediately was like, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. like, yes. Yeah. There are a few other factors Mm -hmm. that kind of jumped out too. And yeah, I mean, you don't know. But I also didn't expect it to happen because, you know, we were told, oh, it can take like a year or so to match. And we hadn't been active very long. It had only been like a month or less. And, you know, we were like, well, let's just say yes and see what happens. And the next day I was getting out of the shower and my phone rang and it was our consultant calling us. And I knew that they only call if you match, like they don't usually, she'll just like text you. And I was like, well, that's weird. And, but then I thought in my brain, I'm like, but she has like, we just submitted on this last night. There's no way a decision has been made. Like maybe there's like an error with our letter. So I, I answered and she told us that we matched. 
And I about passed out. I was like, you're lying. <laughs> like, I was like, this is like, I was just so shocked and surprised because it just, I didn't expect it to happen that quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, I don't know. What, what was your thought when I, cause then I called you to tell you. Yeah. Cause I was out, uh, I was at work mm-hmm. and um, I was sitting with my friend Dan and <laughs> Jordan calls and she's like, we matched. And I'm like, no way, you know? <laughs> and uh, it was, it was kind of funny because like, we said earlier, like we kept this very close mm-hmm. and there was like a tiny handful of people that knew about mm-hmm. it. Like mm-hmm. our, our own siblings didn't know about it. Mm-hmm. it so literally our parents and a handful of like close friends. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. And that was mostly just because that, just the uncertain nature. Yeah. Like you just, until something is final, you just, there's so many things that could have changed. There's a ton of variables when yeah. it comes to it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you, you know, you hear about a lot mm-hmm. in adoption mm-hmm. and it's just like anything else in life. Like nothing's for certain. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that coupled with our history of get excited, get let down, get excited, get let down. Mm-hmm. We were much more apprehensive to uh, just put it out there. Our hearts were guarded mm-hmm. a little bit more. Mm-hmm. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and Starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top quality personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com/offer/seriousxm. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. (laughs) Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for- one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients, and it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. Yeah. So, you know, we just kind of waited and wanted to keep open hands because we knew it could change and we wanted to just like I said, kind of have this open heart, open hands, see what happens. 
but also, like you said, kind of guard our hearts in the process. And so, but also, also enjoy it too. Like we, mm-hmm. we did do a gender reveal mm-hmm. privately, privately, the two of us. Yeah. yeah. And, um, uh, because they sent us that information and we mm-hmm. were, that was a gift to like be able to do that. You know, we had, we hadn't made it that far in a pregnancy to do mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think there, there were so many things throughout the process that just throughout his story, it's like, it's just so sweet to see the goodness of God, mm-hmm. like just in the, the, the little details, especially following the season of, of such doubt. Oh, sorry, buddy. I don't know if they can hear, that if you can hear that. Grunt. He just let out a big grunt. He's sleeping. <laughs> Sounds like daddy when he sleeps. Um, <laughs> sometimes it's so cute. But yeah, I, I think especially following a season of a lot of doubt and anger towards God mm-hmm. and to see just how, how caring and like the attention to detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was just something <laughs> you know, that we were like, like is this real? Like we were just so humbled, I think in the process right? through various things. And yeah. there's a lot of details that we're not going to share because it's not our story to share, but just like, I think just, we want to communicate how we felt like God was really kind and creative and mm-hmm. even just in the creativity of like the due date being almost the same and just certain little things and that's just like one of many things yeah so we you know we got to experience a little you know private gender reveal party mm-hmm. and enjoy that i think there was a lot of like measured excitement mm-hmm. like like i said we but were, it would have been the same for us had i been pregnant oh 100 like, yeah but i i think that but that was one of those things where it's like oh you know what i can actually i can like let's let ourselves feel mm-hmm. excited here mm-hmm. Because you you are excited, but you're also like bracing for impact mm-hmm. the entire time. Mm-hmm. But that was one of those times that was you know, it was it was good to enjoy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and then you know for the months you know leading up to his birth, we were just kind of quietly preparing. We you know tried to. Do, I, I had a really hard time figuring out like how much do you prepare. Um, and I talked to my mom a lot about that. Cause she's like, oh, you're going to need some things. And my like guarded heart was like, let's do nothing. You know? And she, so she kind of helped like me. Like thousands of gallons of breast milk. Yeah. Like getting donor milk <laughs> and like, you know, preparing like even just to have some basic furniture and some like clothes, like just get some of the basics. We didn't even finish the whole nursery or anything, but we did kind of start that process. It was funny because we did that like right before Christmas and then we had my family here for Christmas and we just kept the door closed. And I was like, like my, my brother didn't know, like we hadn't told really anyone besides my parents and your parents mm-hmm. and like one or two friends. And so I was like, well, let's hope they don't just like walk in there. Nope. Don't <laughs> we, go in that room. <laughs> they'll be really confused. <laughs> Thankfully they didn't. Um, and it ended up being like the best surprise. But anyway, so then early in January, we made the trip out to where he was going to be born and we were so honored to get to be there for the birth. We, you know weren't invited to be there, which was just really humbling. We didn't really know what to expect. And that was such a cool experience. And I got to be the first to hold him, which was just such an honor. I still like tear up thinking about it just because I'm like the, the, just the selflessness of that. And I just felt so like unworthy in a way, you know, but like so blessed. Yeah. And I mean, just the honor of being, being there, you know, for his first, his his entry. Yeah. You like, we didn't miss a single second of his life. Yeah. Like, and that's just a gift. That's not always the case with adoption. No, no. Um, but I mean, we got to stay in the hospital with him. Like he was on my chest. Like they put a gown on me. He was to did skin to skin. Like everything was just so holy and beautiful and redemptive. And just, I, I don't know. It's just such a. Yeah, I got to cut the cord. Yeah. Like it was like, everything was like being made new. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, it, that's what I mean. Like, I don't even have words to describe, to describe it. Like yeah. I was just so humbled in so many ways blown away by the miracle that is adoption. You know, they say it's like a funeral, a birthday and a wedding all at once. And I always like, when I heard that, I kind of understood it. But then once you live it, you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the most complex, beautiful, holy, wild thing. And the only way I can describe it is like, especially when you're in our seat is like, it's just so humbling. Cause I'm like, only God can orchestrate something like this mm-hmm. to bring like people together to to love some child just like to love a child so like so much that you make a plan together and you like love each other in that process to do that for him yeah. you know i don't even know how to describe it but yeah. it's truly probably the most beautiful experience we've ever walked through and um you know once placement was complete and everything was official then we were able to start making phone calls to family and friends and pretty much shock them. Just dropping bombs on everybody. <laughs> yeah. I mean, most people didn't know. And it was, I highly, if you ever adopt and you have, like, you go through this experience, 
I highly recommend surprising people if you can, because that was so special. Yeah. And re- the reason we wanted to do that wasn't to be like secretive or anything, but because we were like, we've gotten our family and friends so excited so many times just to be like, mm, never mind, you know, that we were like, we kind of just want to wait until it's like they can truly celebrate. There's no hesitation. There's no, mm-hmm. well, this may or may not happen, you know, like, right. so we wanted, we wanted to wait for that. And it was so worth the wait. Like it was worth kind of just getting to invite them into the full celebration and not the hesitant celebration or the cautious optimism or whatever. Well, and I, I also think it's sweet because like it, it shows how like naturally and instantly Noah was loved mm-hmm. yeah. by oh, yeah. our, all of our family and friends. Mm-hmm. Like there was no like, Oh, he's different. Oh, he, it's like, that's your son. Oh yeah. my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. Like it was so overwhelming, like the excitement mm-hmm. and you know, for him to see that one day, mm-hmm. And know that, like, from start to finish, like, before he was born, mm-hmm. like, we got together with his birth family and, like, made a plan, mm-hmm. like, out of the love that they had for him mm-hmm. and the love we had for him before mm-hmm. we even knew him and said, hey, like, we want to give you the, the, the best life possible mm-hmm. and, like, because we love you so much. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, like, there's there was no hesitation, like, oh, like, he's adopted. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. He's here. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's the best news ever. Mm-hmm. Like. There, there, there will never be a doubt in his mind mm-hmm. about his his worth or how he's loved or, like, if he's wanted. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that's not a question at all because, mm-hmm. like, there's such a stigma with adoption that it's like, oh, you were put up for adoption, like, your your family mm-hmm. didn't want you mm-hmm. or whatever. And that so wasn't it, the case. It's so not the case mm-hmm. in so many cases. It's mm-hmm. like, no, it's because they love you so much mm-hmm. that they're willing to make this sacrifice. Mm-hmm. I mean, like... Once everything was finalized, like we went back to our room and just bawled. We both wept just because it hits you like how much selflessness goes into something like that. Right. To make that decision, you know, and, and a sacri- it's such a sacrificial love. It's a Christ-like love, truly, mm-hmm. um, on the part of the birth parents, you know, in, in their own way. And, you know, something that um, I think hit me as we were, you know, kind of going through the placement is that the reality is as one family gains this beautiful, incredible gift, another family experiences a grief in a way and a, and a type of loss. And although the experiences with loss are so vastly different, I do, I did feel like in some ways our experience with loss gave us, I don't know, I don't want to say an understanding because they're not the same thing, but maybe a sense of connection or, or sensitivity to that reality. You know, I think it, it, you feel that like with them in a way. Um, cause there is a grief, you know, that's why they say it's like a birthday, a funeral and a wedding all at once. It's a birthday because a baby is born. It's a wedding because a family is kind of coming together. Like you do in a wedding. It's, it's kind of like covenantial, you know, versus like biological or whatever. Um, but there's also a loss, right? There's, that's the funeral element for, for some of those who are involved in the adoption triad. And I think that, really hit us in such a deep and personal way because in our own ways we've walked through loss, you know, again, totally different experience. Um, but there was just a sense of like, like it, like we felt that personally, um, in a way that I don't know that we even anticipated or expected to, um, until we were like in the moment. And that's why it's such a complex thing that you almost can't put words to. It just hit us like just the gravity and the depth of the love that has to take place for something like this to happen. Truly yeah. on all sides. So all of that said, it was just such a, like, like I said, the most beautiful experience we've had, but we also got to surprise a lot of people. And so what I thought would be fun, I don't think I told you I want to do this, but I thought it'd be fun to pull some of the audio from some of the reactions that when we shared with our families. So we're going to let you guys listen to a couple of the reactions now. This is, this is Noah. This we is just Noah. adopted him today. Are you serious? <laughs> Oh my gosh, really? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Oh my gosh. What? Holy smoke. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Because your great-grandson. A real one? Yeah. A real one. Yes, he's you real. We have a new baby. Our new grandson. Oh <laughs> Well, I just wanted to introduce you to my son. <laughs> this is Noah James. <laughs> what? 
This is no Noah James. Noah James Dooley. What are you serious? Yeah. Congrats, guys. Did you adopt a baby? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> my mom and dad are here. <laughs> Can you hear the joy that I was talking about? <laughs> it was just so special. Yeah, it was um, just one of the really awesome things. Mm -hmm. um, one of the many in mm -hmm. this entire process. And that was really our heart behind sharing this story mm -hmm. was because I think you hear so many horror stories. Or people who've had bad experiences either as an adoptee or adoptive parents or vice both or, right. you know, and we want to encourage you. Like if it's it ever be positive, a hundred percent, like mm -hmm. there's so many good stories and we want to make sure that, you hear them mm -hmm. and at least hear ours mm -hmm. at the at the very least. Cause if you're, you know, even remotely considering adoption, but you're, you know, hesitant, like <laughs> go for it. Mm -hmm. Well, and just know, like, obviously everyone's story with it is different, but it can be a really amazing and beautiful thing too, you know? Yeah. So anyway, okay. So but just to kind of wrap up, I want to just answer, I would say what are like kind of some FAQs, some questions that we've naturally been asked that people probably wonder and like I said, like, there's a lot of things that we're not sharing just because we're only sharing our experience with this. Like, this is the part that's our story, but there's parts that are Noah's story. And if he wants to share those one day, like, great. And maybe he won't, you know, but just to kind of share from our perspective, the answers to some questions we often get, um, we'll do that. And then we'll, we'll kind of close out from there. So we'll start with the first question, which is, will you tell him that he's adopted? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So like from the beginning, he's going to know like mm -hmm. just how it'll I, never be like a surprise. Right. It's never going to be like, Oh yeah, we'll, we'll drop it on you when you're 18. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, we're just from the start. Like I said, like he's going to know how loved mm -hmm. he is mm -hmm. like from the get go. Mm -hmm. And you know, we'll use age appropriate language. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it makes sense for him. Obviously. Yeah. So like I, you know, one way we may communicate that to him, you know, well, I think the most important thing is like, they've shown like they've done studies and shown that if you just like drop that on a teenager or later in their life, like it can really shock them and it can be really damaging to like their identity and sense of security. Like it can be like, well, why did you, why did you hide that? You know? Mm -hmm. So it's never going to be hidden from him. And we want him to know like, you know, his origin story. And we want him to know adoption is a beautiful biblical thing, not like a shameful secret. So for that reason, like he's going to grow up knowing his story, you know, and the way that we might communicate that is like his tummy mommy or in other words, birth mom and his forever mommy adoptive mom loved him so much that they wanted to give him the best life ever. And so they got together and made a plan to give him just that, you know, and not that wasn't because he was unwanted, but it was because he was so loved and so wanted. And that's really what led to adoption. So we'll find the way that we'll share that story. But, you know, from the time he's old enough to understand a children's book, like mm -hmm. that'll be one yeah. of his children's book will be his love story. Right. And that's kind of how we'll start communicating it to him yeah. organically so that it's never a surprise throughout his life. Yeah. So another question that we get uh, pretty frequently is, why was he placed for adoption? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And kind of like I shared, that's something that we're not choosing to share details because that's ultimately his story to share. If he wants to share it one day and as he gets older, he'll know his story. And we really want him to have the opportunity to decide if that's something he wishes to share with family and friends to share, you know, anywhere. Um, and that's so it's not to be like secretive, but really to protect and honor both him and his birth family. But I think what we can share is that we think so highly of his birth family we really grew to love them. We had the privilege of meeting them. And I think what's important is that they chose, you know, to give him life and they made a really selfless decision to carry him to term, birth him, and then place him in someone else's arms. Like, I just can't think of a more courageous and brave and like selfless thing to do. Uh, one more question that we get is, uh, is it an open adoption? And it is. Mm -hmm. um, Most adoptions nowadays are mm -hmm. like that's we at first, you know, when you hear about adoption, that could seem kind of scary. But then you learn like that's actually beneficial to adoptees. Like that, that can be a really good thing. The degree of that can vary, like what that looks like in each case. But as we kind of learn more and more about adoption, we just learned how that can be really healthy. You know, obviously done with healthy boundaries and in a way that honors both families. But once I kind of learned and you learned why open adoption is important and the fact that very few are actually like truly closed. Like I think closed adoptions were more common like in our parents' generation mm -hmm. and earlier than that. But they've just found how that can... Like it's more beneficial if it's open, if that's a safe and healthy thing. Yeah. So yeah, we're not going to share the details of like how open it is and all mm -hmm. those things, but we have, you know, what would be considered an open adoption. Yeah. Um, and then the big one. Yeah. Probably the most common question. <laughs> Are you guys still going to try and have biological children? So that's the other <laughs> part of the story. About that. <laughs> Go ahead. You're the one who's pregnant. 
Yeah, you guys, this is so wild. So, you know, the last thing we expected was that this would all happen kind of in the same year. But as the adoption unfolded, we also unexpectedly found out that we were pregnant again. But that really didn't change anything for us when it came to adoption. Not at all. Like, we were kind of like, oh, okay. Um, we knew we were called to adoption. We were connected to his story. We loved him from the beginning, from the moment we knew he existed. Um, and we just kind of kept our focus on that. And, you know, we also really kept the pregnancy to ourselves for a while because, you know, with our history, we just kind of assumed that it would turn out the same way of all my other pregnancies. Still but going good. By God's grace, it didn't turn out that way and continued. And so the other half of the story <laughs> is... Snow's going to be a big brother. Yeah. Just, I like can't even believe that. <laughs> I'm still in shock. I mean, uh, it just, it's so crazy. Like, but it, in so many ways, it makes sense now. Like, we couldn't imagine. I don't know if you feel this way, but I couldn't imagine him not being our first. Yeah. Like, like he had to be first. Oh, 100%. And God knew it all along. And he had to work it out in that way. Mm-hmm. But never in a million years did we expect all of this to happen in the same year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot of people be like, oh, my gosh, I hear stories like that all the time. Like, I just want to clarify, like, that is not why we adopted. Right. Like, I think it a lot of people like, are like, oh, maybe this is the, the yeah, magic bullet. Yeah, no, yeah. like, that was not. It that was not even like on our mind, especially for me. It was like because getting pregnant was never really the issue for me. It was the staying pregnant part. And so when we found out we were pregnant again, we were like, okay, well, here we go again. You know, mm-hmm. like so we just didn't even really, you know. But regardless, like I just think the Lord works in such a way that only He can get the glory. It comes back to that, and I think that's, that's the last thing. Yeah. The last thing I expected was like a double portion, mm-hmm. but God just was like. Sometimes God's just so creative and you can you can get so angry at him because you just think he's withholding and withholding. And then sometimes he just gives you a double scoop when you least expect it, you mm-hmm. know, just because he can, because he's God. And you're like, I almost feel so undeserving of this and so unworthy, you know? And I think what's interesting and what I was sharing this with a friend the other day, something that I've learned is when we first were walking through our, like, you know, the early part of our journey with several losses, I remember being, remember being really angry because I felt like I don't deserve this. Like, God, I've tried nothing. Do, I've tried mm-hmm. to do, do nothing but honor you in my life. Like, mm-hmm. I followed you. Like, why are you punishing me? You know, it's kind of what it felt like. And this idea of, like, I don't deserve this suffering, like, was kind of from a prideful place, you know? Right. It was kind of my arrogance. Like, and I'm just admitting that because I think that's a human response. You know, mm-hmm. it's a natural response. Like, I'm a good person. Why is this happening to me? Right. And then you see people who don't even want to have children having them easily or whatever. And mm-hmm. you're like, what the heck? This is so upside down, you know? But. but thank God he doesn't work that way. Yeah. Because if he did, none of us would ever get anything good because no. we don't deserve it. Right. And I think that was what like. So what's been interesting is like now being in this season of feeling like he's just like given this double portion. I feel so unworthy of that because I look back. I'm like. There's times I didn't really respond very Christian like to my to the losses. I was mad. Mm-hmm. I didn't have like the I didn't pass the test in so many ways. Like there was times where I just doubted or was angry or whatever. And I think in this whole experience, both through the suffering and then through the gifts that have come on the other side of suffering, he's like shown me, I don't give according to what you deserve. I give according to my grace. Mm-hmm. And whether that's, you know, or I allow things according to my grace, because I know it's what you ultimately need to walk through for one reason or another, whether you understand it or not. And so it's been a really, I just, that's why I keep coming back to the word, like humbling. Like I'm just like in awe and still in complete shock and feel like I'm living in an alternate universe half the time because it's just like, how is this my life? You know? Mm -hmm. And it's just purely by the grace of God. Like, I think, you know, there's probably the biggest lesson we've learned. Maybe you can share kind of the big lesson that I feel like has come out of all of this kind of in summary. Yeah. I mean, ultimately like through our journey, we've come to learn that we truly don't deserve children. Mm-hmm. I think there's an assumption that you do right. because you just try to do things in the right order or whatever. Right. You know? Yeah. And that any that the Lord gives and like, however he gives mm-hmm. is like just such a great grace, mm-hmm. like no matter what way they come to mm-hmm. us, you know, whether it's adoption or, biological or both yeah or both yeah yeah i think it's so easy to like want to label things and you know see one as you know superior or not but they're both just such a great grace and a miracle in their own way and we just feel so humbled that the lord has entrusted us with this with these lives Mm -hmm. and with this story so we just pray that that encourages you and that you know oh what's the matter oh are you having a bad dream with that face (laughs) well i think it might be that or a gas bubble you have to toot (laughs) Okay. I think we might need to go feed him. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that's where we can wrap. That's our cue. Thanks for listening. We pray that this encourages you. And um, yeah, just know like whether wherever you're at in your journey, like there's meaning in it, even when it feels really meaningless. And I know it can be so easy to say that kind of when you're 
on the other side a little bit in a way. And in some ways I still feel like not on the other side because I'm uh, still like yeah. crazy I mean, for I, impact. I also think that there's like a, there's like a healthy duty mm-hmm. to pro- proclaim the goodness of God. The goodness of God. Mm-hmm. Cause like everything he does is worked out for his glory. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. I think if we try and take credit for it, mm-hmm. like we're way, way off. Mm-hmm. Like this is not anything we like did, it, did or, did or yeah. like merited mm-hmm. on our own. You mm-hmm. know, it was like solely by his generous grace mm-hmm. and we're just in awe of it. And that's, that's really the main reason why we wanted to share this story, mm-hmm. just how God has moved in building our family mm-hmm. over the past uh, year or so. Yeah. I mean, really the last several years, even yeah, through the hard, right. the hard years. Oh, yeah, even, yeah. So, all right, well, we're going to wrap here. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you in the next episode. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content. And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. Want to make smart trading decisions fast? Decision Tech from Fidelity can help. You'll get heads-up alerts on market events and insights that can inform your buy and sell decisions. Plus, you can trade fractional shares with zero commissions for online U.S. stocks and ETFs. Never miss an opportunity. That's Decision Tech from Fidelity. Get started at fidelity.com slash trading. Sell orders are subject to an activity assessment fee from $0.01 cent to $0.03 cents per $1,000 of principal. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC.